This is something like that, and my name is Nav. Welcome to the podcast where we feature all the Malaysian talent, uh, both from events and entertainment scene. Uh, anything to do with music, talking, acting, you name it, we feature them on the show. And uh, this particular guest I have for you today, well, I've known him for a very, very, very long time, and uh, he's he's from the band that where I could see is in my top three list. Yeah, definitely top three list, like top two at least, like, to be more precise. Uh, they've been one of my favorite rocking bands. They've been rocking the stages for a very long time. And this, these guys are pretty crazy. But of course, I couldn't get the entire team on board for this particular podcast. So what I did is I got one of the guys who's super hyper, super energetic and uh, super fun to chat with. Uh, it's none other than Julio. Julio, my Hi. man. Hi, Naf. Sifu, how are you? Mana Sifu. How are you doing, Larry? I am doing fine and well. Every day is a blessing to be alive. Yeah, that's the thing. But you, you've been very busy. In fact, it's like not just by music. You've been doing a lot of things. You're an educator. Yes, I am. Oh, you're an educator. <laughs> that's very interesting. And that's yes. a, a bit surprising at the very same time. Because yes. when they say education, you're not talking about adults. You're talking about the little ones, which little is, ones. A, is a huge contrast, man. <laughs> it's a huge contrast from what I've known you for and what you're doing currently, which, which of course, I know you're, you will be great in whatever you do. So how is it like, man, handling uh, uh, young adults? Oh, handling way, way young adults. This yeah. is what. How old are we talking about here? Uh, because I teach communication in English, um, early development and speech and drama. So it's 18 months until secondary school. Wow. Yeah. So little, little, little children, they come to me. Ah. And uh, it's, 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 it's no more, uh, hey, teachers, leave those kids alone. Ah, now, no. uh, now I have to see these kids. I cannot leave them alone. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. but, but, it, but seriously, you teach communication, which means yes. how to speak and... Uh, Pronunciation words and and basically what how you speak enough in terms of how to bring out yourself in public and ah. to really engage the audience and all that because it's also like I always tell the parents that this will help your child in the long run in terms of work life as well and universities. And this is brilliant, man. This is yeah, brilliant. Yeah. I've always had this conversation with people out there. Uh, you got to start at a very early age when it comes yes. to communication, especially because every time right, you notice, I mean, you you're a working adult, you notice that most of them after college they come out and that's it. They, they freeze when it comes to uh, having conversation in public. You can't yes. hold a conversation more than two minutes. Yes. So there's a lot of difficulties there because they're not so used to it, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, this, this is also in terms of, uh, like what you said, how you, how you bring your brand as a person. You know, you're going to represent yourself, especially when it comes to whether you're competent enough to, to speak in public and to, to give the proper information out. And that's why we also have a lot of people, like when you say that they leave college and the next thing you know, oh, well, I studied this course and what am I going to do next? Yeah. You know, so much into the academic that you don't focus on how you are and how you present yourself. So that's what I do with the, with the children as well to, to make them come out of their comfort zone and their shell to find their voice. You're making my life much easier because I, I too uh, conduct stuff like that in terms of talking in public, uh, public speaking, and so on. Yeah. So, and uh, of course, adults is a little different right now because it's like something brand new. But if you're prepar preparing children uh, right now, when it comes to the adult, you make my life much easier to teach. Like. Yes, because now I know. Like so when you finish school, you go to. Uh, Mr. Nap, okay, he'll take you from there. 
<laughs> if they only knew the stuff that we teach. Uh. But but how how is it like for you? Because it, I know you come from uh, you're very infused with the li- uh, different lifestyle, which means you're from the entertainment scene, which is a total chaotic, different kind of uh, ambience environment from there, and then turning out to be someone like. You know, it's like a, it's a Batman and Bruce Wayne thing going on. It's, it's like you, yeah. It's like how how do you handle that, man? Um, that's the thing. I, I always get this question, especially from uh, my friends who are some of my the audience, the part of the people who are in the audience used to watch Blister. Now they have kids, and uh-huh. now when they see me, the next thing you know, hello, can I speak to Teacher Julio? Are you that Teacher Julio from <laughs> Ben Blister? I said, yes, that's me. That's me. Like, how does that work? You know, and then they come and watch me because usually I do trial classes, and then I say, you come to my class, you come and see what I do, and then you know. So after the trial class is always. They'll be like, oh my god! I didn't know that this is a diff- totally different person. Yeah, yeah, two separate lives. So how do I engage in that? Because you know, I think it comes back to, you know, what they say about uh, rockers, right? Rockers, you are yeah. forever the eternal teenagers. You never, you are always a kid at heart, somewhere or another. <laughs> so you can relate. But I will tell you now, the first thing that made me believe that I can do this is, of course, um, my brothers when they had children. Okay. And then I something in me changed. My whole perception of life changed because suddenly I, I have a certain responsibility. I'm the godfather to one of the child, and I have something to look uh, to take care of besides myself. So I have to take care of myself first, then I can take care of children. And then from there, I worked in school, and now uh, there was a uh, kids lining up going to the toilet. And one of them saw me and they said, "Are you Loki?" Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Oh my God!" I said, "Yes, I am Loki." And then they looked at me as this, some kind of superhero. Cartoon character, and I said maybe I can make something out of this, you know, and and eventually I found out that actually I can really engage with children. Children really resonate with me, and it's just another form of a skill that I begin to love each and every day. No, but was it was it difficult? Because like I said earlier, uh, in terms of the lifestyle uh, or the scene, the industry that we are in, conversation mm. seems to be very different. You know, it's like it's always that foul letters like "Hey, put out, hey, fuck you, like this." You know, that kind of thing goes on a lot. So yeah. then, all of a sudden, switching it off and coming back <laughs> to something like this, like for me, I know because I I was trained in the sense of because being in radio before, it's like you know you can't use all those words. Your behavior has to be different. It's a different thing. You have a microphone in front of you. You know, so auto. Automatically switches off, but how did that work for you? Because um, I know you as a person, it, your personality—I mean, personally, outside, behind the scene—is completely different. So yes. how how did how did you? Was it difficult for you to handle that? I think I just got older enough. Oh, <laughs> <just> okay, got, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, what, I think what changed because time, you know, time. Uh, I remember when I first got to, uh, into the school. This was their training, ah. Uh, He said, "Okay, Julia, now you got a bunch of twelve kids. Okay, then he threw me in the class, and I had no experience. I got oh. nothing to do, and I was always yeah, motherfucker, fucker. And then next thing you know, I have to go in front. La 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 la. <laughs> what? I had to do that, you know. Oh man! <laughs> instant, instantly, I had to put up this persona. I'm really out of my comfort zone. But then I felt a little bit, you know, like you said, in the adult world and the child, the world of a child is a different thing. But I had to force myself to do it. And as time went by, I realized that the kids found me really." Um, entertaining, and uh, they really come started to uh, direct their attention towards me and mix around with me. Want to ask me anything? And I realized, wow, this is something that um, I can look to in terms of inspiring. Because I love inspiring. Even last time when I was in radio, also enough, yeah, right, uh, the same place where you might see if you. Yes, sir. Yes. It was a good place. It was a very uh, good place. 
thank you. I still uh, am very grateful how the classes you give me. You helped me a lot. So from there, I I love giving knowledge about music, and then you know I use that as a form also for children because I just love giving out knowledge in general. And it's it's nice to see because they are they are curious when they know something new. You must see their face brighten up like wow! I just learned something like mind blowing, you know. Yeah, it kind of motivates you to do more, right? Yeah, yeah, it it really pulls you. And you know how when you speak to adults, we are just like ah yeah lah. So basically, that is how the whole you know that's how adults talk. But with children, you 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 are allowed to say like. Then do you know what happened? Ah. What I said. He just disappeared, and you're like, "What? No way!" That kind of oh, thing, you know. What? <laughs> oh, I wish I was a kid right now, sitting down in one of your classes, man. No, but but what is it is nice because think about it. It's like. It not only you are teaching them, but they are teaching you how to be uh, composed, being more of a gentleman. Yes. You know how to wear, uh, tone yourself down That's in true. the actual adult world out there. That is true, definitely. Um, I I took a course for uh, speech and drama as well, uh-huh. uh, which is about a year, and I learned about a little bit about child psychology, and I realized that by by because it's all about upbringing, right? The way an adult is psychologically it affects them. From their childhood, so from there I got to see how a child's behavior is, and then I'll, I'll I understood adults more. Okay. Because how a child is from childhood, then when I speak to adults, like I understand why you are like that because it's your upbringing. So it gave me a whole viewpoint of how the world works and how people work in terms of being an individual. Oh, cool, man! Cool because yeah, it, it, you learn a lot because I've, I've read a couple of books and all. I haven't really had the chance because I, I, like I said in my career, I have had chances to host with children, and that has taught me a lot in terms of handling handling adults. You know, the kids teach you a lot, a especially lot. when it comes to respect. When you start respecting your kid, the kids, because you want to set an example, you automatically learn how to respect adults at the very same time. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> you know? yes. And you are teaching these kids, uh, like you said, that giving them example. So you yourself have to set that example. They are exactly. looking at you as a role model, and so in your daily daily life, you have to walk the talk. At the yeah, end. it becomes a habit for you to uh, turn into. But but the the thing is this the good side is like uh, from that so called hyper uh, hyper lifestyle of entertainment industry toning down to a trim and proper gentleman to be more precise <laughs> okay right now but has that impacted uh, had an impact on you being an entertainer because in terms of music once you're so controlled and then getting it letting it out right now on stage is that does that have an impact uh, a little bit. Uh, kind of did honestly. It it, it did, did have an impact in my in my entertainment life because now I choose my words correctly. Uh, I be I I be I learn to behave properly in public. <laughs> this, this, I try. <laughs> you know, and, that's something. That's something I got to see lah. I got to see that. <laughs> I mean, rock on stage, rock are doing the music. Really, but in terms of you know, because how I I, I teach every day and I I see how a child behaves every day, psychology. So I when I go on stage, I also now speak. Certain things on how people should look at life in general, yeah. because songs are messages at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, I look at people like Rage Against the Machine and all of their songs as well uh, are messages on truth, and that's how I view it these days. But they will get to that later. Okay, okay, okay. Slowly turning into Deepak Chopra, lah. Deepak Chopra. 
I'm getting that. I'm getting that. <laughs> no, because I'm, I was only special. I haven't had a chance to watch you guys perform in a very long time, thanks to the pandemic and so on. So then I saw you. I've been following your life and your social media. You're so active in children, and I, I've seen the changes that's taken place in you. And I was just curious, like how I know this fucker on stage. He's a maniac, and how does that change so much? And I, I really wanted to see the difference in your recent performance at Jama, but unfortunately, uh, unlucky. Yeah. I was the unlucky one because tickets were sold out. It was a damn good show, I suppose, uh, which we'll talk about that in a bit. And uh, well, let, let's get from education. Let's get on to your uh, music style right now, uh, music life. Apparently, Blister has had a change of lineup. I've seen a couple of new guys, new faces. You know, this whole thing going on. So, please, please enlighten me. What has happened with Blister? Okay, um, so as uh, most of us or some of you guys know, now as well, uh, Ramon has left Ben, not not permanently, but he left the country in. He was exported to another country. <laughs> exported, <laughs> yes, in search of uh, freedom. So anyway, when I see it that way, how people are interpreted it is, is it's how it is like in search of freedom. So we already kind of knew that that was the way Ramon was going. He always spoke to the Ben, and we also agreed that he should do that and someone with today's world digitalized and all the internet and all that we can still yeah we still record that's the main thing we, we, we are focusing on the recording so and after roman left <coughs> the new lineup kevin has been in the band since 2017 2016 i believe okay uh yeah so he's been so far quite a few years really in the he's band. on the lead right he's on the lead okay and then as time went by you know um pandemic happened and pandemic happened, everybody knows the story and how a lot of musicians got affected by it. Uh, we decided to reassess our goals as a band and also to formulate how we want to project our songs. Because before this, right now, you know, we were actively playing yeah. and we didn't really have time to sit down and write new songs and, you know, reassess our goals. So when pandemic came, um, a lot of people was wondering like, oh, what's going to happen to the music scene? I remember everybody was going yeah. through it. And then some, a lot of people were saying like, do online uh, live shows. That's the way to go. It's going to be like this forever from now on. Mm-hmm. We tried doing that. Uh, but then somehow, because Blister is about the energy. Yeah. Uh, it will be odd unless you do an <laughs> unplugged session that maybe. Yes, because. So the energy is not only coming out from us, it's coming out from the audience. That's always been like that since day one. So we can't be doing that every time in front of a device. So we said, all right, instead of playing live every time, why don't we sit down and talk about what we want to do next? And that's where the songwriting process came in uh, throughout the two years. And that's why we came up with three new songs. We wrote three new songs. And we realized that because we got we got older, <laughs> a bit more <laughs> matured, oh. so-called, right? So-called. Uh, Blister 2.0. 2.0 la. and okay. then um, we said the songs the, the styles we started to write also was different and the things that we are talking about also the things the lyrics in terms of lyrics is different you know uh, it's not the first sign of course obviously was yeah fuck your kick your ass you know but now it's towards life itself and how we see life and basically speaking the truth on how things are Okay. So yeah, so the, I'm very, very, very interested to release the next few new songs. So that's how we 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 planned ourselves in terms of the COVID break, and then when we came out, we said, "All right, it's time to reformulate ourselves." Now we have to bring in a second guitar because the sounds in our head, we are listening to two guitars. One guitar is doing this. One guitar is doing okay. that. Okay. So 
um, coincidentally, my younger brother's band, Enrico from 3 i one his guitarist is uh, this year 20 years old. Okay. Very young boy. But he used he, he came to watch us and he's a very talented young boy. He's very much heavily influenced by Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin. Nice. So we thought, okay, that's a good start because Kevin was heavily influenced by Slash and Joshua is Jimmy Page. So we like that two sounds, you know, and Ramon was influenced both by Jimmy Page and Slash. So we're not trying to make a, a Ramon, not like people said, okay. oh, we heard talks about, oh, now we need two guitarists to, to replace Ramon. And it's, it's not <laughs> about that. It's just that we just you, found a new way of writing. Okay. And, and that's why we, we decided to bring in the second guitarist because we, heard, we have the songs in our head which requires two guitars and new ways to navigate the chords and the riffs. One person's playing that, one person's playing that. So that's why we brought in Joshua. Okay. Uh, into the band, and for me personally, this is the personally for me lah. Like, um, this is the best sound blisters I've ever gotten so far. Nice. Yeah, yeah. This is I'm definitely very, the best sound. I'm looking forward to hear that, man. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, it is nice to know that uh, you have taken the opportunity for uh, in the past two years to actually transit to something else, uh, elevate the style of your music and so on but how did the chemistry work out because uh, Blister as as we all know has been a childhood band it's been like a, a generation band altogether. like when you said you're, you're the guy was your guitarist was a 20 year old young boy I remember the first time I met you you were a 16 year old kid <laughs> you know? yes I was yeah you know that's the first time I said okay time has flown pretty fast time has flown uh, yeah. I'm not the young guy in the band anymore oh man <laughs> oh man <laughs> Sad, isn't it? But 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 getting new members to the band because, like I, said, I was uh, sorry, uh, tracking back it, uh, Blister has been a band that has it's more of a family-oriented band at the very start of it. So and uh, been together for a very long time. Character-wise, how you all hang out, hung out. You know the the, the mindset, the wavelength was at, yeah. at a different level. Not anybody can penetrate into that yeah. that circle of it. But now yeah. having new members, how was it yeah. like for you guys? I think it's more of uh, what we thought about is evolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, more of the eventually we we especially for Bristol we don't we don't stick to one sound. You know, okay. we eventually we always knew we had to evolve one way or another. You know, same just like uh, any other bands. Then they release most bands that we love. They change their sounds every time. Metallica's uh, album, every album sounds yeah. different from the other. Like Zeppelin's first two albums sounds the same, similar. Then the third album and the fourth album came same. So, get older, you change your sounds. So we were lucky enough that Kevin came in the band. One of the first things that I realized that really at that time when he came in, it was really suiting in the band because he he can drink lah. Ah, okay. <laughs> that, that's a magic word lah. Okay. He loves, he loves rock and roll. Warning, warning to everybody who's listening to this particular podcast. If ever Blister invites you for a drinking session, run for your life. We'll run in the opposite direction as fast as you can without looking oh, back because I know this guy, they make fish look bad. <laughs> <laughs> they make fish in the water look bad. <laughs> we should want to look bad, yeah. But that, that is, I don't know people, if you heard that, um, we're actually very good church-going boys. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> they drink from Monday to Saturday and then Sunday they re- detox by going to church. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I got sorry, sorry. <laughs> so anyway, oh, man. That, 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 that's the first thing I remember when Kevin drank with us, and he's he's hilarious when he's he's, he's intoxicated. He's right. very such a fun time. So we bonded more uh, through those fun times. We had more gigs that we had, and realized his humor is also he's he's hilarious. He's a okay. very funny fellow. So then Joshua came in. Joshua came in, and Joshua is actually I think one of the students was one of the students for Kevin. 
you know, okay. teaching a few things. And Joshua's family is also family oriented. And when Joshua came in, also same. We are very lucky and fortunate because these people have the same wavelength, okay. same mindset. And you know, they, Joshua wants to learn more, and that, that gives us even better space to tell him what we need. And then in return, he also shows us what he has as a younger younger mindset. You know, so that gives us also a fresh input on how we look at things. So, but the main core is always about rock and roll. That's the okay. first thing that we have to maintain. That's why our guitarists are very rock and roll based. Nice, yeah. Yeah. nice. Yeah. So at least you got that sorted out. Yeah. So that that's a good part of it. And uh, you've written that song. Has it been recorded yet? Not yet. Now the first one that we're going to release in about a couple of months or two or three. I don't want to say anything. You know. Okay. Okay. Don't okay. say it, but it's 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 blind love. Okay. It's one of our. Uh, all the songs finally being released. That is, I believe, is part of the catalog from the old set of songs. Okay, okay. okay that one we have Roman in it, and we have Kevin playing in it as well. Okay, okay. And then the next one that we're going to probably release is a song called Space Hit. That is a bit more modern, and so far we've been playing the song live, and everybody uh, has been oh, giving good I missed, I missed it, man. I missed yeah. it. Because like we were talking off air earlier, every time that everybody has a gig, that's the very same time I have my gigs going on. So it's yeah. always clashing. In fact, I, th- that particular day you had in Jama Kiala, I was like, okay, I didn't want to book the tickets earlier because I wasn't sure I could make it. And finally, when I thought to myself, okay, I am going to make it. So went on the social media, tickets sold out. Sold out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. I waited. I waited for that show for two years, and finally, when it kicked in, it's like sold out. Puto, <laughs> like that was nice, like That was a, it, it brought me back to uh, how it was because the crowd really resonated with how the sound was. And a lot of people said that we've been waiting for this for two years. Yeah, very positive night. Like that. Yeah, because your reputation seems to be uh, uh, leading in almost every single band that I've come across, especially the uh, newer generation of bands. I don't want to mention him. I don't want to make mm-hmm. them look like uh, fanboys. But uh, mm-hmm. every time it's like, it's like, oh, are you? I said, who who are the guys do you follow in the local scene? It's like, hey, Blister. Oh, Blister, my morale, bro. Seeing the hardcore Blister fans, like, okay. And then everybody's <laughs> like, okay, this guy Blister, that guy Blister. So your influence that you've had in the many of the year, uh, younger generation, I mean, Euphilus are young. I'm not going to say Euphilus are old, but then again, has impact on the current current uh, uh, batch of bands that's been coming out. Uh, it's been pretty heavy, man. It's, which is good, which I was very proud of because uh, I know this. Like you know, that's the time I can say like, yeah, I know that band from those days. Like yeah, you know, I can, I can brag a bit. Like, I know the place. Like, I drank with the place before. Like. <laughs> still friends until today. Still friends like, till today. Like. No, but which, which is good, which is great. And uh, at the very same time, it's good to see you guys performing in shows and all. But um, also, I, I was just curious because you're not only performing with Blister, you have your side bands going on, which is the Sirani Trio, right? And yes. once in a while, I see, I mean, I don't know whether you still do it right now, but previously you were also playing for Musa. You were yes. the basis for his project. So you, you, you place yourself a lot in different scenarios or different settings or different bands, right? Yes, very true. Because I believe that I, sh- I shouldn't limit myself in terms of my talents and capabilities. I'm not saying that, uh, oh, I'm a great bassist. No, for me, I want to learn. Okay. It's, it's, it's better than to just be playing in one band. And if another band were to call me, like example for Musa, that was great. Musa is also living around here near Rawang. Okay. It's actually one of the neighbors here. Uh-huh. And we've been friends from before. And Musa and, and my whole brothers, my family and all that very are, are quite close. Okay. So when he called in the band, obviously I joined in and I have I know I'm going to go in there with a different kind of mindset compared to Blister. 
So when I went in there, I learned as, as well, and it was very fun uh, playing with Musa and the new lineup with Chanel Guerzo and Hafiz and all that, you know, because different different kinds of musicians. And then we have the Shrine Trio, which later on evolved to Eurasian Trio. Now the, the Eurasian Trio is actually uh, an offset, I would oh. say. Or sub band from Blister because when Blister first started out, you know, during Rockefellers and all that backyard, we used to play, we used to play covers. Okay. Seventy percent of uh-huh. the sets, and then eventually, you know, when we started reading books of our uh, music idols, eventually when they started playing covers, they moved on to writing originals. So when we started writing originals. We said, you know what? Um, it's it's not it's not that we we uh, let me formulate the words properly. It's not that we are saying those cover songs are bad. I love the cover songs. We still love the cover songs, but we wanted something more us, where we okay. are able to express ourselves in our music. So we went full on just originals. That's why nowadays we choose our shows where we can actually choose where we can actually play our original songs strictly originals. So that part of Blister where the covers was where people used to sing along to us and all the cover parts, we moved it to Sarani Trio. Okay. So, uh, so Sarani Trio was a band with me, Ramon, and Aaron Gideon from Riot Jones lah. Okay. So the three of us, the three of us formed, and it was straight up rock and roll covers lah, heavy lah, heavy. But the, the you know how the pop musicians who play yeah. pop music, the kind of uh, rock and roll lah. And then um, from there, Aaron left, and then Ramon left. And then Chester Zazadias came in, and Emma Santamaria came in, and Eurasian Trio. So now Mario has come in again also as well as Eurasian Quattro. So we play corporate functions, weddings, events. So we, for me, it's a good exercise and a tribute okay. to play those songs that we used to play. Okay. It's healthy. It's a healthy. It's a healthy outlet. But you're not too heavy with that band, right? The Eurasian no, no, Trio. No, no, no. That one is yeah, because I've I seen you perform on the shows and all. So it's more like a party, party entertaining band. Yes, party entertaining, entertaining band. Nice, nice, yeah, yeah, and yeah. making a comeback right now. I've, I've been asking this question yeah. a lot with most of the bands. Uh, pandemic has made a change, a massive yeah. change in the industry itself. You know, yeah. everybody's there. It it made the industry a little more competitive right now, very yes. competitive because everybody's trying to get back to the scene. And uh, and the thing is, in terms of a couple of questions along the line, is one in terms of uh, the fees. Are the bands getting the right fee that they deserve, or it's like everybody's like, hey, we just started like kasi chanla, you know, get a discount. And in terms of reaction of the audience reaction, is it the same as what it used to be, or people are now holding back a little more? What is it like for you guys? You just had your sessions with Eurasian Trio. You had your blister performance recently. How is it like for you guys? The, in terms of the crowd, in terms of the crowd, it's um. Hold on, yeah. Hold on. Oh, you got busy kids, right? Yeah. See, that's the best part about having doing this raw. You get to listen to every <laughs> yeah. conversation. No worries at all, man. There you go. So we're doing it live right now from his home. So that's the best part. You get to listen to every single conversation. So we we'll might try to find out what he's going to cook for lunch later on. La. Okay. <laughs> okay, settled. Okay, so where were we? Let's start the, uh, the bands. Uh, let's let's start off um, with the audience response after two yeah. years. How are they okay. reacting? Are they different from what it used to be? Um, the audience reaction, honestly, uh, judging from the last show that we did in Easter, it came back. For me, it is how it used to be. The audience just want to have a good time and show. People are not. I believe people nowadays are not so scared of COVID already. Yeah. Because, uh, it's just so like fuck are, it, like, Let's move on. <laughs> just move on. Just COVID, COVID lah. Yeah. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> I, I had COVID. I, I, I can. Yeah. 
I had COVID in February and I got to experience how it is. You, you know the best part now uh, is like when you get COVID, no big deal, you know. If you didn't get COVID, they say, hey, you haven't got COVID yet. Yes. It's like, you haven't got COVID. It's like, you know, every Tom, Dick and Harry has been asking me, hey, you haven't got COVID yet. Good luck. Good luck and a wishing curse upon you. It's like, it's odd if you don't get it. <laughs> you know? It's the other way around, right? Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, so the crowd is, is, is particip- uh, has participated really well so far. We played in readings with Region 3 and all that and everybody. It's just like how it was to be, it used to be. Lah. Okay. And then, um, for in terms of the fee you mentioned, right? Yeah. Okay, so for for Blister, when we played like recently Rex KL and showcases and all that, for me, the fee is no problem. Okay. No problem. Okay, yeah, because that's a different one. But I'm here also to talk about the the places that I play, like in the pubs and also other venues in terms of the weekly kind of shows sometimes that I do. Um, the problem here is, honestly, is uh-huh. the musicians agree to a certain amount which is uh, under underpaying them. Oh, the okay. Problem. Because um, two years, so many full-time musicians, you know, they didn't have any kind of, in terms of salary coming in. Okay. Income. So, uh, they were desperate. Sadly, sadly. And I don't blame them at all. I don't blame them at all. But here's what I don't like enough, uh, honestly, is the venues now take advantage of that and That's they the undercharge. That's the uh, problem there, you know. They do not notice the the importance of how these musicians are. It's so funny that um, when I deal with, um, with certain clients and all that, and they come and tell me, oh, can you play this? And then I'll provide the region trio. And then when I mention the supposed price, which was before the pandemic, right, uh, they will say, oh, this is uh, too, too expensive, too expensive. But you guys can... Play, pay for everything, do everything, exactly. do everywhere. But when it comes to the main part of the night, which is the entertainment, the main part, you guys don't want to pay the right price. So that's the problem there, you know. Uh, so I believe, I believe, these two sides here: the musicians must stand their ground in terms of what they should be paid, what they should get paid, and also the people who are calling them, the clients that are calling them, should pay the musicians the right amount. Because why? Because that is the ethical way to go. It nice. is the right thing. Simple as that. It's uh, you got to look long term because if you start giving it uh, low right now, that's going to be an issue for you in the next couple of months or couple of uh-huh. years. People are going to get too comfortable with that. But I've also saw um, the scene an alternative that's been taking place uh, lately, which is ticket sales. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, like when you go to clubs and pubs and so on, event venues, a ba- the establishment pays the band directly, and patrons don't have to pay anything. In most cases, right? So lately, it has been uh, more of ticket sales. Like you want to watch a band, you want to watch a show, uh, you pay for the tickets, which I personally, I find it okay. It's reasonable. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. then again, some people, I have, where I was talking to some of the customers, they had this question of, okay, now if I got to buy a ticket to watch the band, the same time, I just want to use, I just want to go have a drink. So I got to pay for the band, I got to pay for the drinks. It's like, would that be taxing for our future customers? Is this going to be a trend for a long-term basis? This, that, well, that depends on, yeah, this is a very good question because that depends on how, which venue will, will apply this method at the end of the day, you know? And it like, um, this is all the preference and also the fan loyalty of the customer that comes in. Because even we had the same thing also when we played in Chama recently, there were yeah. some people who didn't know there were blister shows going up there. And then they came up and they said the same thing. Enough. They said, oh, but I just want to have a beer, so I have to pay this, you know. Then, But 
that's how it is it is an event it is a showcase you come here to watch the show and the bands got a guarantee that they are going to give a bloody good show at the end okay regardless of the genre you just cannot um you know what do you say ignore the fact that there will be new customers coming in so you got to you got to show you can't take it for granted la. you can't take it for granted you know so okay. at the end they, they pay that amount you give them a show okay yeah give them a show that they don't forget Because there's been a lot. I've just noticed. Like I get, I get messages all the time. It's like uh, showcase here, showcase there. Yeah. Uh, it's like pretty much if I want to attend all my friends' show, uh, I think I need two part-time jobs, lah. Basically, <laughs> to pay for all the tickets. <laughs> One weekend, I might have ten friends say, "Machan, make sure you come. I make sure you come." It's like, oh fuck, that's oh, it, man. Wallet. <laughs> my wallet. I can see butterflies coming out of my wallet. <laughs> 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 no, maybe, I'll be happy, but I'll love to pay for it. I mean, it's worth it because I know the performers. It's worth paying every single cent. It's like that because I was just curious, like. Now I understand. Yeah, everybody's just coming out of the pandemic, uh, uh, so-called lockdown period. They're just kickstarting everything, so you're paying for it. But would this be the case on a long run? Would, uh, would establishments be comfortable by selling tickets instead of paying band or hiring bands to their venues? That is my question. Do you uh, think? Do you think? I mean, your pers- your your take, lah. Your personal view on that. My personal view, I believe it is. Um, it's 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 okay actually. It's all right because at the end of the day, you have to pay a ticket to go watch a band show, and you're supporting your local music acts at the end of the day. So it it should be in long term, but depending on the venues as well and what type of um band you are lah at the end of the day. Okay, um, it depends on like I said, if it's a showcase, then go ahead. If it's going to be a one-off band showcase where they're playing original music and you're paying to go uh, inside to watch the band, then I believe that's how it should be because you are paying to come and see a showcase. No, so, but it okay. That is for a showcase purposes. Mm-hmm. But you see, uh, you you've been in the entertainment last scene, night scene for a very long time. There's also establishments that actually pay bands to perform, right? Yeah, the, yeah it yeah, is yeah. their routine. It's part and parcel of the SOP of, oh, the of running. Things, uh. Yeah, they're running an SOP. Uh, so now you see, by doing showcases, okay, okay, would okay. that jeopardize that that trend of uh, entertainment? You see, like now, you see, like for example, if I had establishment A going on right now. Where I have to hire a band three times a week, I pay X amount. The band has a fixed income going on there. Yes. So I don't have to worry about ticket sales or whatever. My job is to entertain the bands, uh, to entertain the customers, and I get paid for that. My band members get paid for that. There's a fixed income going on. <laughs> But the trend of ticket sales that's taking yeah, place yeah, right yeah. now, would the establishment think like, okay, why do I need to pay the band? All I yeah. need to do is find out which band would like to do a showcase and yeah. have it on a regular basis going yeah, on. And the people who don't do showcases, who rely on regular income from these establishments, wouldn't it affect them? Yes, definitely. Them and now I finally understand the question. Yes, ah. it, it it definitely does because um, weekly weekly pop musicians, especially like what you said, the one that play three times in a week, and all yeah. that, because they all depend on bar sales. Again, the, the day, right? And they yeah. come in there. You watch weekly bands, and they get a certain percentage of amount, either bar sales or the venue itself will provide a certain amount. So. It will be much more convenient for the venues to actually pay that fixed amount still, uh, depending on the band. It's much easier that way instead of going to the show and I'm thinking like if I'm only earning based on my weekly shows, I won't know what I'm going to get tonight. At the okay. end, at least there's a fixed income there. Yeah, yeah, it's much better and much more secure. So yeah, I believe that that should still be maintained. 
yeah because I'm, I'm, i mean i'm just i mean i'm not a musician myself but i was just curious about this part of it, it the thread is seems to be getting heavier and heavier by the week showcases after showcases ticket sales after ticket sales so it's like okay if this is the case what about the guys who don't sell tickets yeah, it's like really like well what's going to happen to them yeah man. Yeah. So it all depends on how the the, uh, the clients work together with the musicians, like what deal that they make at the end of the day. Yeah, so okay. the musicians have to be very careful on what where they are choosing. Yeah. You know, just because just because we didn't get to play for so long doesn't mean we have to just rush into everything yeah. and disagree. You have to see what 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 secures you as as in terms of income. Because I foresee uh, uh, trouble in the next maybe a year or two when everybody's comfortable with the showcase thingy. The musicians oh, okay. are going to have an issue because, be issue. yeah, because remember like uh, once upon a time, I, I I can talk about DJs for one season and before. Last time DJs were hired, okay, you work in one club for 30 days in a month. And that's it. You know, you get a fixed salary, you move on, okay? And then slowly that changed where DJs had to work um, on three times, three different locations in one week. One day he's playing in this club, next minute he's playing in another yeah. club, different incomes. And then they had to start doing their own uh, marketing and promotions to oh. bring in customers. You know, you, yeah. you get what yeah, I mean, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 so yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. if you want to play in my club, how many people are you going to bring in? We yeah. have a guest list. So then only uh, you'll be allowed to play. And so it's like, I'm I do, I'm just supposed to play music. Why am I doing all that PR and marketing shit? Yes, yes. So is that happening for the band? That's that's what I'm worried about. That yes. might take place with the bands, you know. Actually, enough, honestly, uh, when I, I played in the, the in the clubs and all that, and the, the bus with other bands, um, before COVID already had this pattern. They already mm. had this pattern where how many people you're bringing, um, what kind of marketing you are going to do, and the worst part is, uh, you have to do your own sound system. Huh? I'm like, what? Uh, uh, so that's when the venues are making it wrong, and then somehow it's like a, it's like a disease. It spreads. Yeah. One person, one venue do this, do this. Oh, that venue doing that. Okay, we so can do that. So when I started to go around, I remember I was playing in two two bars in in in, in Changkat, and I can't mention names lah. I'll get mm-hmm. sued lah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I went there, and I remember uh, Ramon that time, and I I was like putting up my bass, and I said, "Where's the sound guy?" Then we like looking around. Where is it? Then we went to the management said. Oh no! You guys gotta do your own sound. Oh, like, what? we are the we are the musicians. We're just supposed to play. We're not the sound guys. And then we had some other artists. I mean, some other musicians coming in. Oh, this is the way to go now. You should do your own sound. Which I agree. You have your own skills of of doing sound system. So if I'm going to do sound system, why not pay me for doing sound system or something? Yeah. But they don't want to do that. So that's the problem. So before COVID already, we had this kind of nonsense. Because I understand the sound guy part. Because uh, most bands have their own sound uh, sound person. Yes. You know, because they know the style of the instead of relying on the venue sound that that exceptional that's exceptional because they charge the fee inclusive of the sound engineer who's going to be doing the soundboard. But um, these days, I don't know, man, the the trend of how things are changing. Uh, maybe one of these days, I got to get one of the venue owners to find out what's on their mind. Yes, I got to get yes. find one of those guys and come on board to see what's on their mind on this yeah. part. But is good? Is it bad? Is it a yes thing or a no thing having showcases? And the um, showcases is nice, lah. It's, it's, it's a it's a social study, lah. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm just curious. Because yeah. I've been every week, day, seriously, almost every day, I get messages going on my social media, WhatsApp. You know, shows going on. This is the fee, uh, which which is fair, fine. Everybody needs to hustle. Everybody needs to cari makan, lah. But uh, is, are we taking away the responsibility of the venues f- 
for yeah. paying the bands you know that's the thing which yeah. i don't know is a good thing or a bad thing um that's a big question mark that yeah it, it, it's the people are uh, trying to budget so much at the beginning to undercut Yes. The main, of the main highlight of the show. Yeah, because because think about it. Okay, first it was the fee. How much do you pay bands? I mean, how much you are willing to pay a band to perform at your location? And now bands are paying for themselves, basically self-funded yeah. to perform. Yes. I sell tickets. Yes. You come and check me out. Okay, I'm self-funding the whole thing, and mm. that could technically lead to undercutting or price slash. Very. True. My price is only twenty ringgit. My show. You know, or else I don't pay tickets. You don't have to buy tickets. You just pay tips enough. I'd be happy doing that. Oh, you know, that that will kill the market or the industry in 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 a way technically. I, that's yeah. my 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 take on yeah. this whole thing. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't work, man. Hopefully, I, I I hope so too. Like it doesn't turn out that way. You know, you mentioned just now. I wanted to know you 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 used to DJ right around. You yeah. Thirty days, right? You said it's just one venue. Is it one venue? Wow, it was like that. So you didn't have to go out anywhere else. I don't have to go anywhere. So I got a fixed contract for six years. Uh, sorry, one six months to one year at one particular location. Okay. My favorite was still Star Cruises, man. DJing in Star Cruises. Mm-mm. Six months so of vacation. On Star Cruiser, that is yeah. amazing. Whoa. Six months of vacation, got sick and tired of it. <laughs> got sick and tired of vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Too so much of it. Yeah. Thing, huh? Very nice. So that that was that was the trend back in the day. If you're you're a resident DJ, that's it. You're in one club for the entire year. Some of them went on for five years in one venue. Oh wow! Yeah, but the only thing the only thing is you get too comfortable. Uh, you get bored. It becomes monotonous on a daily basis. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah, so you, you you did the whole thing, Lana, from one place, then you went to that phase, and then yeah, so everybody. Was I, I wasn't I wasn't actually fully uh, keen into the DJing world. I just wanted to yeah. have a, a feel of what it was it like. I wasn't yeah, into, yeah. like all in Good to do that. So I just yeah. want to have the feel like what the fuck is all this DJing thing about la? Mm-hmm. It's like okay, blowjobs and concert and the DJ <laughs> consoles and uh, <laughs> read rings, you know those kind of things. So I just want to see whether that's true or not la. So I just mm-hmm. went to one. Nice, okay la, nice. so far so good la. So far so good, your yeah. Legend already, la. No la, I'm just having fun, man. I'm enjoying because the best part about this industry, I mean, people like us, we know that you get to meet a lot of people. The uh, the the uh, PR part of it, you improve a lot. Networking is great. I mean, you would agree with me in that part. Yeah. On a yeah. daily basis, you see different people at different walks of life. So Lovely. I would say this is one of the best jobs on earth, right? It definitely is. It definitely is because um, the people uh, the day I did a I did a poll on my on my Instagram. I like to ask social questions these days, and uh, in terms of the construct of what people think in terms of jobs. Mm-hmm. So I put lah these days. I said. Do you consider a nine to five job still considered a real job, or do you think it doesn't matter as long as it brings in the salary? You know, and majority of people voted. It doesn't matter as long as a job is a job. If it brings money, it brings money at the end of the day. You know, so the, in terms of networking, like you said, meeting other people is a lovely job. It's a lovely yeah. way of life, a lovely field. You know, meeting different people, creating contacts. You don't have to follow the strict nine to five thing that's going on. Yeah, you have freedom to do your craft. Exactly. Yeah. And in back in the days, where people used to say, "Oh, you got to have a nine to five job. Is security is long term purpose." Nowadays, there's no such thing as that. Even <laughs> if you have a nine to five job, you can get sacked in the next six months. <laughs> yes, I think COVID taught people that also. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I had friends who's like, "No, dude, you got to have permanent job, man. You got to have EPF and all this kind of shit. That's long term purpose security." And they've been jobless for two years. 
There we go. We got kicked out. So it didn't make any difference. <laughs> it didn't make any difference. You see, life yeah. is so uncertain. In terms of salary, I mean, sometimes the jobs that you least expect are the ones making good money. I was talking to a, a grab rider. He makes at least about six to ten grand a month. That's wow. how exactly he said he wow. quit his he quit his day job just to focus on that fully. Well done. He beat the matrix. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? All these years, people spend thirty or forty thousand in colleges, or maybe hundred thousand in colleges, and this guy just rides a bike and he makes that much money. <laughs> well done. Same yeah. Also. yeah, it changed. <laughs> a pandemic taught us a lot, man. It taught us a yeah, lot. You got to see the world in a different perspective altogether. Yes, yes. It, it gave a lot of people a different sort of clarity. Exactly. Realities. I think that's what we need in once in a while in life, man. You need the break. You We've been so break. busy in the red race. We don't take the time off to reevaluate what we're doing. Yes, yes, I agree enough because um, in, in terms of that, you need to actually have a conversation with yourself. Yeah. Uh, talk to yourself and you know have a recap with yourself and say, okay, what did I do today? What did I decide? Did I did I progress? Did I become better than how I was yesterday? And in terms of that, and that that is what Blister is also doing in terms yeah. of music. You know, it gives a lot of people clarity. You need to work on yourself if you want to change the world, right? You have to change yourself first. Yeah. Man in the you mirror, know, in uh, the man mirror. Yes. Yeah, that's. Mona. <laughs> I, I wish I wish I could sing, but I suck at it, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but but it's good. It's good to see that uh, the the so-called uh, uh, break timeout that took place recently has helped you guys uh, in terms of your music and band and um, restructuring it, taking it to the next level. Blister 2.0. That's like how I like to call it. Uh, which mm-hmm. I'm looking I'm looking forward to see the results in the next couple of months with a brand new track, three tracks. Three tracks. No, actually, the Blind Love is coming out, and then three other tracks, lah. Oh, so four. Uh, four, four. Oh, good but, man. But I'm, but I'm looking at the, the mechanisms of how Blister works. Probably one song a year, lah. Yeah. <laughs> like, get, getting getting a song, the original song from Blister is like winning the Magnum Forty. <laughs> You just don't know when. Like, it's one lucky day. Oh, first prize. Okay, I got it. <laughs> I got it. Well, it's out. <laughs> That's how it is with you guys, man. Uh, knowing you all for more, almost, what, I don't know, 15 years or plus. It's like, that's how it's been. It's like, okay, when new music coming out, new music coming, yeah. coming, 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 coming. <laughs> then all of a sudden, hey, we got new songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's yeah. why we need to build our own, our own studio to record our own stuff. That's the goal. So we'll be quicker that way, you know, because a lot of producers are also very busy with other projects and yeah. it takes time. But a lot of DIY studios have been taking place lately. A lot of them started having their uh, self-built studios at home or yes. wherever they are, which is great, which is great. People have learned yeah. uh, to embrace the technology on their own way Deep, uh, independent that's the yeah. way to go i think darkness the band the darkness also yeah. their latest album they went to the guitarist house and recorded everything in the house that's it done yeah. i think is if we know the technology well anywhere it would be fine man yeah good true. man good julio it's been a pleasure chatting with you man it's good to have a chat with you after such a long time hopefully uh, we get to get go for some drinking session which i know i'm taking a risk but uh, uh, <laughs> We should, we should. It's been a very long time, man. I should just come and just crash your house enough. Come, yeah, man. It's always open. Come in, crash down here. Can have a little party down here, man. Nice. You're most Sorry. welcome at all times. Wonderful. And um, congratulations in your new, new face, a new. Uh, how do I put this? Alter ego, your avatar, uh, your new the rebirth, the rebirth, the rebirth. Uh, so yes, now currently man. you have a split personality. Yes, I do. So, <laughs> do you have different names that go along with this personality? No, it's either Julio or Jubes Blister, and then when I'm teacher Julio, it's just teacher Julio or Sir. 
Okay, okay. Yeah. Saint Julia, who sounds Saint right Julia. about right. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Dave. Thank you so much. You uh, don't forget to follow Julia on his social media. Uh, remember, if you feel like listening to Deepak Chopra, forget it. Listen to Julia Chopra. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'll, I'll post all the links about Blister, the new band. Uh, if you haven't seen the new faces, uh, I got a couple of pictures of it, which I'll share on the website links. And also some of the previous materials. One of the concerts uh, shows that it did last year, which was shot by Lucian, I guess. Um, that was supposed to be shared. I was just waiting for the right time to share that. I'll share that too. And be on the lookout for the next show. I believe there's one coming up in July, right? July 10th uh, in Desaru Hard Rock, Johor. Oh, that's yeah. nice. That's a nice one, man. That's Music a nice one. Festival. Nice yeah. one. So I'll get the details ready, figure out the details on that part and share it with you. So, Julia, once again, thank you so much for joining on the podcast, man. It's always thank a pleasure you. having you on board. Likewise, man. Likewise, always. Every time I, I leave a conversation with you, I gain more wisdom. Oh, 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 oh. I feel like you're not right now. <laughs> now you, now you are not Jobra. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude, take care, man. Have a good day. Yeah, no. Thank you.